You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. We're talking with Dr. Farood Hakim, a dentist who has successfully balanced private practice and dental education for over 21 years, and he's from the San Francisco Bay Area. Welcome, Dr. Hakim. We are delighted to have you on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. We're actually going to be asking you about a, a vocal product called Rebuilda Post GT. And just before we get into your opinion of that product, I just want to mention that the use of metal and other rigid materials in post and core fabrication have dramatically fallen out of favor in dentistry, as, as we all know. The evidence overwhelmingly points towards the benefits of flexible materials, compatible elastic moduli, and intraradicular adhesion. So we want that flexibility of the material to match that of dentin and enamel as best as possible. So as I mentioned, we're pleased to have Dr. Hakeem with us today to discuss the key principles behind the fabrication of a very strong yet tooth-friendly monoblock buildup. He will discuss these principles along with Rebuild-A-Post-GT, the system he currently uses for fabricating his post-core buildup procedures. Here's my first question. If you would, can you describe the term monoblock as it relates to post and core fabrication? You know, Phil, that's a great question. Um, historically, our buildups, especially those that involve the post, had several layers incorporated into the equation. First, there was a the cement used to loot the post in place. Then there was the post itself, and this is most often a rigid material of some sort. And finally, there was the core material that formed the core of the tooth that we would eventually prepare for a crown. That could have been amalgam, resin composite, or some kind of a hybrid ionomer, any number of things. The point is, all these materials were very different and then didn't necessarily integrate well together. Um, they had distinct disadvantages and liabilities. And so the contemporary thought is to have those three components be one very similar, similarly behaving in an integrated mass. That's what essentially a monoblock means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... and- the, just the discrepancy between all the flexibility or the modules of elasticity could obviously lead to uh, failure at, at, at the weakest point, correct? Correct. Breakdown of the layers of that proverbial onion. Either the material could break down or if there was more rigid materials, it could actually cause the demise of the tooth root. Mm-hmm. And so what are the overriding principles of post and core fabrication as they relate to tooth root preservation and long-term restoration survival? Um, I guess in dentistry, you always, you know, that's kind of one of our axioms. We always value tooth structure and tooth preservation. Uh, we thought we should save it whenever it was possible, but honestly, we didn't always put our money where our mouth was. Now, that was mostly related to the material limitations, and that led to tooth sacrifice. But that's the exact premise behind the minimally invasive approach of dentistry that's so uh, in fashion right now. And there should be, in my opinion, no exception when it comes to the post and cores. Uh, whether it's the preservation of the dentin during the endodontic procedure and how that's carried through all the way through the post-preparation and the fabrication of the goal. The uh, goal essentially is to maintain as much periradicular dentin throughout the procedure, and that's both up and down the entire span of the post itself as well as across the cervical bulk of the tooth right at the gum line. Mm-hmm. And survival rates are definitely, definitely related to that and they're proven out, vetted out in the literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, uh, I'm actually an endodontist, and uh, some of the stuff that I studied in my postgraduate studying was the ratio of how, how wide a post should be, how long the post should be into the canal, and how, what film thickness of the cement should be used 
where the retention is maximized and the strength of the tooth is maximized. And it, it, it was, it's actually um, aligning exactly with what you just said. Um, how do you handle the delivery details like canal post-space preparation, adhesion, polymerization, and those kind of things? Well, you know, on another podcast, we've already talked about the uh, future of Bond Universal. And so considering the benefits of its dual or dark cure capabilities, how uh, it's got a low film thickness and the ability to self-thatch or condition dentin. And when you're building in a post and core, you're essentially only dealing with dentin. It's kind of a natural choice to bundle with your post and core procedures. But as far as the canal preparation itself, um, in staying with the uh, principles of conservation, rebuilt a post GT allows a doctor to choose his or her own preference to this end. So often it's a combination of smaller rotary drills, perhaps with warm instrumentation. If you want to use piezoelectrics, there's really no limitation. Um, really doesn't matter how you get there, but the goal is to remove the gutta percha, to remove the remaining sealer or cement, get a nice, clean, exposed dentin without wasting any additional dentin, and then bond what you have to that substrate. Mm-hmm. And whenever you can do that without unnecessarily removing dentin, you're leaving more of what Mother Nature gave you, and I think at that point you're you're on high ground. How, how do you decide whether to use a single fiber post versus the bundled fiber approach with the uh, Rebuilder Post GT? Yeah, you know, and I still use some rigid single fiber cones as well, And but when I say rigid, fiber posts by nature have some flexibility, and that's a great thing. So the ancestor to the Rebuilder Post GT was the Rebuilder Post, the first generation from Voco. Mm-hmm. And so I look at it, and it usually comes down to the diameter and the three-dimensional shape of the obturation. Um, if it's a wider, more circular shape, maybe what was delivered through traditional endodontic rotary instrumentation, then often a rigid bastard post will do the trick. The minute there's more irregular anatomy, like there's curvatures in the canal or it's a ribbon-shaped or C-shaped canal, and that's been maintained through a real conservative endodontic procedure, then a cluster of flexible fibers makes more sense because mm-hmm. those can kind of distribute three-dimensionally across an area and fit in the gap much better, reduce the resin volume, and make for uh, a better buildup. Right. So, so really the morphology of the root canal system itself plays a role, and this seems to be a great practical solution for protecting the tooth structure, the remaining tooth structure, by not over-instrumenting it for a, the typical traditional uh, wider post, the rigid wider post. that. Uh, yeah, it just, it just takes tooth preservation to another level. Thank you so much, Dr. Keem, again, and uh, it was a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thanks so much. Sure thing. Appreciate it.